what is up my dudes welcome to olympia oddities i'm trista and i'm steven and today we have a really fun episode we're telling you all about a local legend and folk hero of seattle that was forever memorialized in a Soundgarden song that's right today we're talking about the man the myth the legend Spoonman. i had no idea this dude was from from washington you didn't? No, I had no idea. Well, yeah, no, prior to you telling me really, yeah, I, I didn't really know that he was from Washington. So, but you were aware of the concept of, like, the song Spoonman. Yeah. And you were just like, okay. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. I can get that. Because, <laughs> like, I, 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 like, grew up with, like, the Three Stooges and shit. So, I mean, like, I've always seen, like, Curly playing the spoons and like but I mean, like, so I just imagined that it was just a song about some dude playing the spoons. But I had, like, no real idea that it was about an actual human being playing them spoons. And yeah. Damn good. Like, when you think of someone playing the spoons, you kind of have, like, this image of, like, an old hillbilly grandpa, like, rattling two spoons together against his knee. Yeah. But, like, this is very much not that. No. It's, like... <laughs> intense and like full body and like it's like really cool honestly not just on like a dork over a guy playing the spoons but like it's pretty fucking cool dude he's just like going to town all right i think it's a good time to get into it before i just start blabbing about how much i <laughs> love artiste the artist the spoon man there are a few details about the mythical spoon man's early life but here's what i was able to piece together artist was born on october 3rd 1948 in kodiak alaska as a kid, Artis always wanted to be a rock star, imagining himself as either a lead singer or a guitarist for a band. Fame and money weren't his motivators, but instead, a longing to be accepted. It was around this time that he discovered his supernatural talent at playing the spoons. Artis told an interviewer from the Port Townsend Leader that, I've always been insecure. I always wanted to impress people and be accepted. If I didn't do something that was outwardly impressive, I'd be bullied or rejected sexually. I didn't think of myself as a looker or very talented who had anything going on to impress the gals, but this changed after I played the spoons. Kind of shocking to me. That's, I, I just, I'm already captivated. I didn't know that spoons got the chicks, but evidently they do. Dude, that and like, and like blowing the harmonica back in the day, apparently, like that's, that's just what like lined them up, I guess. Damn. Yeah. Throves. Droves, whichever word is right. I feel like a dumbass for that one. And I found a, uh, I found like a YouTube documentary that was probably like eight to ten minutes long about Artis's life. And he said that he kind of spent some time doing like petty crimes as a teenager, and he kind of ended up locked up in jail. So from there, he ended up uh, joining the Navy, and he actually served in the Navy during the Vietnam War. And when a reporter asked him what it was like. He disclosed that he'd actually tried to kill himself by hanging, but he'd been cut down in time to save his life. He was sent to a mental hospital before eventually being discharged. In the 70s, he worked for the post office, and then he took off in another career path, playing the spoons. Dude, that's a hell of a... I just... You hear about people just being like, fuck this shit, man, I'm gonna go play the guitar and, like, join a biker gang and start Blue Cheer. That was actually the drummer, but still. Uh, like, you hear about that kind of stuff, but, like, no, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna quit this and just go play the spoons. I'm gonna go bang metal together. And a post office gig. That's a pretty good government job no, right really, there. No, really, it is. It's I've been thinking about applying for one. 
1972, he began his new life as a street artist. You could find him at Pike Place Market with his huge assortment of spoons laid out before him on a blanket. Which they do show in that documentary. Like, he just lays it all out, and it is just an insane just array of spoons there's wooden spoons there's like big spoons small spoons flat spoons bent spoons straight spoons it's insane it's absolutely insane i wish that documentary had gotten into like how he selects a spoon to join his collection is there a word for like collection of musical instruments his ensemble of spoons that he uses to make arsenal spoon music <laughs> his, his arsenal his arsenal of spoons i like it his 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 gear I, I yeah i don't i don't i don't really know <laughs> there's we, we we're weird we have weird words for stuff we do we we got to make it like dorky and whatnot so it's like yeah, these are my axes this is my arsenal like this is my guitar arsenal oof <laughs> His first mainstream exposure came when Frank Zappa invited him to appear on stage with him in Eugene, Oregon, Hell and yeah. again at the Palladium in New York in 1981. Hell yeah. Which I didn't know when I went to uh, start researching this episode. I was like, damn, Soundgarden yeah. weren't the first ones to be like, that spoon guy's really got something going for him there. This dude hitting the spoons. Spoon man. <laughs> Sorry, it finally came out. I did that so many times while researching and re like writing this episode <laughs> so many times also just verbally doing the spoon solo from <laughs> now, like just breaking it down dude and i'll definitely share on my story like the video oh yeah 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 we'll talk about that when we get to the recording yeah. of the song spoon man but it you gotta see it it's insane but Frank Zappa, that's a hell of a feat. Hell, Steve Vai played with Frank Zappa. I don't know of like many people that like Frank Zappa's like, I gotta have that dude. And like th just thinking of a spoon dude, it fits, but it's also like, what the hell, Frank? But I yeah, he I got talent. I gotta I gotta get I only have one Frank Zappa record in my collection, and it's one during all the PMRC stuff and it's historically relevant, but now I have another reason to like want another Frank Zappa record. Because I gotta have something with artists on it. In 1992, he was a performer at Bumbershoot, which also featured Soundgarden in the lineup for that year. It was the beginning of their paths beginning to intertwine. Soundgarden had been working with Pearl Jam on the soundtrack for the 1992 movie Singles, which I feel comes up in like half of our episodes. <laughs> This kind is of, just, this is a singles podcast. If you live in Washington, you're going to talk about like the 90s. Yeah, I feel like that's just, it's just going to happen. We're just going to change the name of the podcast to the Citizen Dick Pod. <laughs> and it's just going to be about that movie. Pearl Jam's bassist, Jeff Ament, had been put in charge of naming the fictional band in the movie. While he finally settled on the iconic Citizen Dick, <laughs> Spoonman was on the long list of ideas that he had come up with. Chris Cornell, Soundgarden's lead singer and songwriter, ended up using some of these rejected names to title the songs in the movie. That's so rad. I had no idea about that. But yeah, I actually didn't know that it was like Pearl Jam and Soundgarden working on like naming like the actual band and like the titles and stuff. I didn't know that they had like such a hand in all of that stuff. I thought That's that was so really cool. Uh, Spoon Man was one of the songs that they came up with and the band created an acoustic version of it. This super early version of the song can be heard in the movie early on when a flyer for a Citizen Dick show is shown stapled to a light pole. 
Well, damn, now I got to watch or at least like watch that scene of singles. Right. I got to hear that. That's kind of that's neat. I would love to hear that in acoustic. Spoonman had been asked to play a tweener or between the sets set for a Melvin's and Soundgarden show at the Paramount in March of 1992. After the show, Soundgarden's manager and Chris Cornell's wife at the time, Susan Silver, approached artists and asked if he would like to play on the official version of the song. Artists said of this, I said yes, but it was like, hey, let go of my arm. And a year and a half later, they called me into the studio at the last minute to play on the song, which I really liked. It has a great driving beat. Michael Beinhorn, Soundgarden's producer, recalled the recording session that took place at Bad Animal Studio in Seattle to Ultimate Guitar, saying that, It was one of the most memorable events I've ever had in a recording studio in my entire life. He shows up at the studio with this, like, bedroll or something like that, and he opens it up and it's just all these metallic implements, and we're like, what the hell does he do with this? He continued, So we set up mics to just to just ambiently mic him, I think it was a pair of 67s, and he said, Make sure you got a video camera rolling, you're gonna want to see this. The song starts, he takes his shirt off, starts picking up random bits of metal and beating the shit out of himself, like, all over the place with the spoons and everything else. It was incredible. All in time, by the way, and everyone in the control room is sitting, watching this. We've never seen anything like it. He was literally beating himself with these bits of metal. I'm not kidding. And we did about five takes. There was blood everywhere. He was cutting himself up doing this. I've never heard the term suffer for your art underscored with more acuity than that. It was amazing. And that's what we were talking about earlier when we referenced the video. There's a video of him just going to that's the only way I can describe it. Just going to town. Really, just going to absolutely nuts. Just ham. He's whacking his chest. He's, he's doing pure, that weird like chin. windmill. Yeah, he's like doing a whole like windmill thing and then bringing it back across his face onto his chin, down to like his knee. It, it just it's 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 fucking insane. The dude knows what he's and if I remember correctly, he's like changing spoons in the middle of it too, and like still going. Like he's still going, and I just while changing spoons and it's just so intense to watch it's incredible it's like how do you even figure out one that you can do that two to that level and three like you it must just be like trial and error of whacking your body to figure out like what spoon makes what sound with what part of your body seriously i admittedly i am a dork so i grabbed a couple pairs of spoons when i was typing this <laughs> up when i came up with the idea to finally pull the trigger and record this one on spoon man and I hurt myself within the first five seconds. <laughs> I was like, ow, my knuckle, this hurts. I did get them to rattle together a little bit, and I was super proud of it. I was like, tick, 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 tick. Um, but that's about all I could do with them, and I hurt myself doing that. I just, how many times was it that he he recorded it? Five the times. Five times, I was about to say. Yeah, you, you see that video, and that's just one take. And then, yeah, think about it. He had to do that five times because he was just moving... All of his movements were com almost different, completely different from the last time that he had recorded it. So they wanted to get all of these different sounds that he was doing at once, which honestly, we listened to Spoonman earlier today and I was like, oh, okay, that's why that sounds like that. Holy shit. Yeah, because they're using multiple takes for that. And I just, I, I just always assumed that that was like, that's what also made me think that like, oh, this isn't about a real dude. Like they just, they, they're just tapping spoons and shit. But now that I have the actual knowledge of like, oh, they're just dropping multiple mixes of this dude going ham on fucking spoons that i was like oh shit it's badass it's punk rock like i can't it's like so i don't know i'm so passionate right now but i just think it's so cool
It really, it, it, it <laughs> honestly is. Artist was a fan of the song Save Me part and replied to it by wearing a shirt that read Save Me during the music video, which features him heavily. In fact, the band themselves are only shown through black and white pictures in the video, which I think was a cool thing for them to do. Oh, absolutely. Like super heavily featured. Because honestly, he's the most interesting, you, you know, it's like Soundgarden, cool. But it's like, we got, like, let, let's really highlight this guy and like this weird niche oh, hell yeah. skill that this guy has. He was also blown away by another line of the song, which we won't be repeating because of obvious reasons and it hasn't aged that well in 2022, saying that my best friend when I was growing up in Alaska was indigenous and Chris had no way of knowing that. He said of Chris Cornell, Chris wrote about meaningful stuff. There wasn't any bullshit, la-di-da and I love you. He wrote in a kind of code. He wrote a song called Like Suicide that was about a bird flying into a window. In a 2014 interview with Rolling Stone, Chris Cornell said that Artist was an inspiration and that, I've sold millions of records and toured the world, but I can't do what he can. I can't just walk into a room and pick up an instrument and perform and entertain everyone and their and have their jaws drop. See, and that's just kind of, so. I can relate to that because I feel like that's just a guitar player thing or just like a musician thing in general where you kind of live with this almost a self-deprecating feeling of like oh i'm not gonna be that good because i can't do what that guy does or i can't do what that guy does oh yeah you know how i feel when i see like a, a 10 year old child jump like a five foot fence <laughs> on a horse i'm like i should just pack it up you know what i mean <laughs> i can't do that and i've been riding since i was eight i just like if i like if i could play like Django reinhardt or if i could even just play like some of the guitar players that i really enjoy outside of just Django reinhardt oh man yeah no that, that would be fucking amazing but i bet that there are also some people that like hear me and they're just kind of like oh i wish i could play like that which i don't really know about a whole lot of or really i don't have any offhand encounters of that so i can't relate to that part I but mean, yeah I, I don't play guitar good i played it <laughs> when i was like 14 and i only learned power chords and i was like no i'm good i don't want to learn anything else yeah that's exactly <laughs> i was like i'm fine all i listen to is like punk rock and grunge like i'm, I'm good Sorry. I'm set. Um, but I'm always like, damn, I'm impressed by your guitar playing. Can I get you a number? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, back to Spoonman. <laughs> the last time the artist and Chris saw each other was at a concert in Everett where artists appeared on stage. He was introduced as a dropout graduate of Everett High School because he had briefly attended the school. After Chris Cornell's tragic death in 2017, Artist was asked how he reacted to the news of his sudden death. He said, I was stunned. This totally came out of left field. Someone called me at 5 a.m. and I was shocked, wondering, what kind of news is this? It makes me so angry. I just want to scream. When the interviewer asked him if he had a favorite memory of Chris, he recalled a time when he picked him up off the ground of the stage and hugged him. He just picked Artist right up off the ground, leaving him flabbergasted. Today, Artist the Spoonman is 74 years old and lives in Port Townsend, Washington, Hell yeah. where he's quite the local celebrity. Hell yeah. Yeah. I would love to see this dude slap some spoons if he still does it occasionally. It seems like he kind of does it like on his own time now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Based I mean, on he's that, always done it on his own yeah. time, but like, 
it seems like he's kind of taking a step back from like being at the market all the time. And, yeah, like, based on that video that we watched, yeah, it seems like he's just kind of just kind of kicking back and chilling. And and I mean, like rightfully so. Let him. Right, good for him. Yeah, leave him alone. Just, you know, let him let him do what he wants. He's a cool dude. Thanks for existing, artist. Yeah. You're real cool. I just love weird local. You know, he's the weird spoon guy of Washington. <laughs> he's the weird spoon guy of Washington. And we got him. Thank God it's not Yuri Geller. Spoon bending guy, the dude that was like, I can bend spoons in my mind. Oh, yeah, yeah, that guy. But he was like well known con man. I think he's still alive. Hold on a second. How do you spell that? I think it's U E R. Well, I don't want to taint the good spoon man episode by talking about the bad spoon man. <laughs> bad spoon man. <laughs> oh, this dude is a year older. Oh crap! Don't come together with your spoons. But yeah, he's just a, a a con man. He claims to like be able to bend spoons with his mind and like all this happy horse crap. And yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of fun though, honestly, really fun. I'm anti that spoon man. Pro, <laughs> Pro artist the spoon man. Artist the spoon man. Thank you for listening to Olympia Oddities. Make sure you check out our new Tea Public shop, where you can buy yourself a shirt, mug, sticker, notebook, and more. You can search Olympia Oddities Podcast or find the link in our Instagram bio, which is also at Olympia Oddities Podcast. Be sure to follow our podcast so you get all of the paranormal, encrypted, and true crime goodness right in your feed. And if you want to help us out a ton, you can do that by leaving us a five-star rating. I'm Trista, and my personal Instagram is at SaloonGhost. I'm Steven, and my personal Instagram is at the Steven Ramirez. And I think our first little batches of merch are, like, getting out there into the world Ooh. the t-shirts and everything and stickers from t public i can tell you're serious because you gave me the boulet brothers fingers <laughs> i'm excited it makes me like it's like ooh, it's like ooh, evil delicious goodness it's not evil delicious goodness but it's spooky delicious goodness or i'm just like i'm so excited like for a long time i was the only one with like that's right the hoodie the merch hoodie and now other people can like you can go get yourself a hoodie if you want to i think i want to get a print i want to so, get some prints uh if you got a like t-shirt or anything from us like uh, if you could tag us on social media that would be awesome we'd love to see it and also i would love to hear you guys like opinions on the shirts and stuff do you like them do they fit good are they comfy are they gonna hold up if they're not we can you know Figure switch it up out. and we'll yeah. change it out we don't know we haven't seen them yet um we're kind of relying on you guys's feedback for that part but we want to make sure that we're bringing you guys like Good stuff. Good, cozy, can wear it multiple times a week and it's not going to fall apart in your dryer. Does it look good? Does it feel good? Does it smell good? It, all of the above. Just check off that James Brown list. <laughs> oh my God. And on that note, <laughs> until next time, friends. <laughs>